0: Yoga really healed a lot of that in my brain and how I viewed myself and, you know, love and love of myself and love of others trying to soak in that things, things are awesome and things are like coming to fruition.
1: Welcome back to the show. Today, my guest is Katie Cutler. Katie is the owner of Cafe Karma, a coffee shop by day and a yoga meditation studio by evening with workshops and events on the weekends. Katie was previously teaching yoga alongside of running her own nutrition coaching business where she focused on holistic habits with her clients. She has since given that up so that she could put all of her efforts into growing Cafe Karma, which opened in Greenville, Delaware in January of 2023. Katie and I get into her origin story of what made her want to open Cafe Karma in the first place. We talk about her obstacles and some of the hardships she faced as part of going through this process of wanting to open Cafe Karma and then eventually seeing it come to fruition. We talk about how it affected her personal relationships and how people were able to step up to really help her in the times where she needed it the most. And coming out on the other side of this and really being able to embrace being a business owner and pouring your heart and soul into it and what that means for her customers and everyone that steps foot inside of Cafe Karma. I had a blast talking with Katie because a lot of the lessons that she picked up along the way resonate very heavily with me being another business owner. You're going to love this conversation. Enjoy. Hey everyone, real quick before we dive into the episode, you probably heard about this podcast directly from someone else or saw it shared on social media. We can only grow, spread our message further, and keep bringing in awesome and amazing guests with your help. If you could take five seconds and hop on whatever podcast platform you're using and leave us a review, it would mean the world to us. On to the show. Katie Cutler, welcome to the show.
0: Good morning, Derek Batman.
1: <laughs> Very good morning. So you opened uh, Cafe Karma a little less than a month ago. Uh, how are you feeling?
0: I feel really good. I feel like people keep asking me this question. They're like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And I think part of it is like total delusion. Like you're just so tired. You're running on fumes. You're managing like 20 different parts of your brain and things that need to happen and future things. And you're also just like trying to soak in that things have, things are awesome and things are like coming to fruition. But, um, I'm tired. Like I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm really tired. And I'm, but I'm not drained. Like I'm tired, but I'm not drained. I have like so, so much in the tank still. Um, but I'm tired and things are really good.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny when people, are, you know, inquiring like that for somebody that's starting a business, moving a location, right. To making some sort of like major change in their life. I think part of it is the fact that they're just like genuinely, um, like they, they, they care about you and they want to make sure you're okay. But the other part is like, it's like watching a TV show when you're watching someone go through that, because their life in that moment, be it. And it could, that could be months long is just, it is a sight to behold. Like you don't live a normal life. You're up late, you're up early, Uh, or, and you're, you know, you're riding high on coffee and like life is just like a complete breakdown from what normalcy looks like. And I feel like for, from an outsider looking in, like it's intriguing. You're like, Hey, how are you doing? I'm asking (laughs) because I genuinely care about you, but also because this is pretty amazing to watch. So, um, yeah, I'm sure that, uh, you've been through major ups and downs over the past couple months.
0: Yeah. It's just, it is. I've watched friends have babies, right? And you're about to have a baby. And I, it's, it's so similar to having a baby. And I think that people are like, you know, there's nothing like having kids. Like, I disagree. Every, every mom that I've watched, um, every, every parenthood that I've watched go through the stages of the pregnancy, like this buildup, this excitement, this anticipation, but also the stress and the planning is not much different than what the last nine months also looked like, you know? And then, and then the baby comes and everything is like, you're constantly tripping over yourself, but it's also magic. Like the whole thing is something to, that you just want to force yourself to take a step back and slow down and just sit there for a second and be like, I will never get this back. And it's very much so like having a baby. You, you do it when you're so exhausted and you do it, when you're not exhausted and you just keep doing it because you're keeping this thing alive and you also want this thing to, grow and you know be full of love and light and happiness and i i I feel like it's no different you know
1: yeah i mean and to play off that analogy a little bit i mean it's when when people have a kid one of the things you hear uh, and my therapist tells me this all the time is he's like you know i'm someone i'm like the biggest diva when it comes to sleep so like if i've ever had a conversation with somebody (laughs) about that it's like that's my biggest concern as a parent seriously and Mm -hmm. they always say the same thing they're like you know you will you will thrive in ways that you can't imagine when you have a kid. And I think when you start a business, there is, you could get three hours of sleep and you can wake up and it's like, you're Mm -hmm. ready to go like that. You know, motivation is like a fast burning fuel. Well, passion is like motivation on steroids and it Mm -hmm. lasts way longer. And, and Mm -hmm. you, you know, when you're doing something that comes from like yourself, like your heart, your core like in creating cafe karma, like that fuel burns hard and it burns for a long time. So do you feel like that was able to kind of keep you through some of those sleepless nights and, and, you know, some of the the fires you had to put out yourself?
0: Yes. And I mean, I feel like it, I feel like it gets pretty basic that people are like, I'm nothing without my team, but you know, for so long it was me by myself. And that was twofold. That was, you know, I had this vision, I wanted to be the sole creator and decider and I wanted this to be mine. So I pushed out as much external support or ideas or visions as I possibly could so that I could stay true to what I wanted. Um, That meant butting out my husband and that meant butting out my investor slash business partner. Like I was like, no, like what you say does, is not going in my ears. I'm not listening and I don't want you involved for as long as I possibly do not need you involved. Um, so that was like the first half. And then the second half of the game was like, the team enters the chat, you know?
1: The team was able to come in in the, in the second half here and, and mm-hmm. really provide you with the support you needed. I know it, my my favorite story when we were starting uh, the new location at Hardbat was that I was coaching at our our uh, the spot that was up and running And I had my coach, Sean, who runs our entire youth program, uh, came from like a construction background. And I come over to the new building because he had been over there for a couple hours doing work. And we had a half wall that span about 75 feet. And it was basically, it ran from the ceiling to about eight feet or 10 feet off Mm -hmm. the ground. And they clearly had a divider in the form of like some sort of a curtain or like roll out that they would use to separate space. And he was hanging from the rafters. And he had knocked this entire <laughs> wall down in like three hours. And I could have cried. Like, I was just like, uh, I was like, you've put in so much work and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not even here right now. And it was mm-hmm. just like that moment for me. And that was the first day we were allowed to do any construction. So I'm sure yeah. you had moments like that too, where you stepped out of the, the building and came in and it was like, oh my gosh, like people are over here contributing so much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that, that like second half thing that I like view this view this opening of karma was like the first half like it needed to be me there was nobody else that could go in my brain and know what my vision was and know the concept to the degree that i was imagining it and then in the second half i i pulled in and accepted help and i think that that is underwhelming me so hard to do like you know, I feel like people are like, Oh, make sure you let me know if you need help. And I was like, don't you dare tell me if, if you are willing to help me, because I will take you up on it. I will call you, I will text you. And I'll be like, look, that thing you said, here's the thing, here's the list that I need help with. What can you take off my plate? And I did. There were several people in my life that I don't think they actually expected me to be like, ring, ring, it's me. Here's what I need help with. Um, But in my experience, it was people from the CrossFit community that they were down. I mean, they were the ones doing a lot of the heavy lifting. They were coming to support me in crisis. And I never, ever felt like I owed them anything. And I just cried all of the time because it was just amazing to me how people help, you know, and like people are so good and they want to help. And when they do, it is, it is the most amazing feeling in the world.
1: It really is. And, and, you know, we're, we're both in this micro niche. I mean, you have this experience obviously being married to max and, and watching him go through everything with thrive. Like, you know what it means to be part of a community and what makes that community special. And like, while you're moving into something that's slightly adjacent to that in, you know, a, a cafe that, uh, becomes, you know, yoga at night. And we'll talk more about that here in, in a few minutes, but, uh, you know, you have also a very community centered service based business and, and, so much of that is driven by care for one another. And like, what better way to express that than to, than to have these people help you when you need it the most.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's truly amazing. And I mean, it still happens. Like we got a fridge delivered last week and it was like, you know, nothing, no delivery of large equipment goes as easy as people think. It's like, Oh, just, we just need a fridge, just buy a fridge. It's, it's not like that. Like the fridge was dropped off in the front of our front door and it doesn't fit through the door. And, you know, who, who still came with a bunch of hand trucks and made it work was nonetheless than the Thrive community. So it's just, it is magical.
1: That's amazing. How long have you had this vision for Cafe Karma?
0: Since 2016, 2016 was the first time that I envisioned what at the time I was calling a wellness cafe. And I, I wasn't sure what that looked like, but that was when i was doing my yoga teacher training and my meditation teacher training and i had um just kept journaling like about you know i was struggling with orthorexia and some like little eating disorder behavior when it came to health and wellness and my obsessive compulsive desire to stay thin and whatever else and yoga really healed a lot of that in my brain and how i viewed myself and you know, love and love of myself and love of others and food and all of these things. And I just kept envisioning, like, you know, I loved being in coffee shops, and I would just, I would just look around. And I'm like, this is a community hub. Like, people, there's people here in their business suits. There's people here that just came from the gym. There's people here that are cozied up, you know, working from home. There's stay at home moms. There's people. There's people of all different shapes, sizes, walks of life, and they're all existing in this one space for all different reasons. And I used to sit there and watch them. And I was like, what is this space when it's dead? Like, we should, we should do yoga in the evening. Like, we should meditate in the evening. Like, why don't, why isn't this community space more of a community? And it just was this like thought that came and go, like, I didn't really think anything serious of it i thought maybe it would be something i did when i retired and like now thinking of that i'm like i was fucking crazy like who would do this when they're retired like if they did i have no idea what type of energy they have or like how crazy they are but i I could never imagine doing this when i'm retired and i don't know i just kept coming back to it um yeah since 2016.
1: that's amazing well yeah i mean it, it the seeds plant way earlier sometimes like like i find that whenever i think back about starting a business, running a gym, being a coach. It's like you have these moments of recognition where you're like, okay, you, you were thinking about this way before you even acknowledge that you were thinking about it. It was Mm -hmm. just in its infancy so much so that you couldn't even articulate to a certain degree, like what it is you wanted out of it. You know, and like, mm-hmm. I always say, like one of the biggest disservices we do to uh, business owners or up and coming business owners is like, try to convince them that we've had this whole thing figured out, yeah. you know, from the very beginning. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 like, listen, like this thing started in a to like in my mind, in a way that like, I can't even like capitulate or like talk about at this point. And like, now it's, it's, it's gone through a million iterations to get to where it is. Like, but you kind of, that you have the dream and then you just kind of have to figure it out as you go. Yep.
0: yep. Yeah.
1: So, so a compliment I have to give you is, and I've spent a lot of time with a lot of business owners (laughs) and a lot of of gym owners for that matter. And I think there's a lot of people out there that believe that they know how they want to design their business. And in reality, they should probably just hire someone to do it for them. (laughs) But in all honesty, like I love the aesthetic of your space. And I feel like that's a gift that you have as a business owner. Where did you come up with the idea for everything?
0: i was lucky enough that during my yoga teacher training i became really close friends with um a woman named on and she used to do like fashion styling and interior design things and you know she was i think 30 at the time that we became friends and i was 17 or 18. and when i walked into her house i was like oh my god i've never seen anything like this it was all black floors, black painted hardwood floors and white everything else. And it was like, I knew that that was a design that like, I liked, but I was so young that I'd never been exposed to anything like that. And she changed my entire perception on what it meant to like create a home. And, you know, I think my upbringing was around like, you can't have that around babies, babies will just trash white, or like, you know, people make white dirty. And, you know, well, black shows everything. And there's these like nuances and like, you know, kind of like pessimistic ideals around white and black and things being too boring or plain and things like that, whatever. And she completely changed my mind about that. And um, I was really lucky to, you know, go to Tulum with her and get even more inspiration of like, this minimal, but like earthy and clean aesthetic. And I just kept thinking like, like we just don't have anything like this here. You know, like we just, we don't. And I don't know, I have my own like twists and turns that I've taken into design and things that I value and things that I love. But I felt, I took great pride in the fact that I designed that cafe and I will always design our cafes because it's something that I'm really passionate about now.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, one of the paradoxes with design is that you, you people can make whatever argument they want about their design being better than another one, but mm-hmm. in 20 years, everyone's going to think it's stupid. You know right. what I mean? Like right. design it changes.
0: Yeah, it changes. It changes
1: so fast.
0: It changes.
1: Yeah. Um, well, so you also have like kind of a newspaper theme that you do mm-hmm. with um, the cafe as well. Mm-hmm. Where did you come up with that idea?
0: So I kept looking around at the design and I was, you know, one of the reasons that I wasn't in love with the location at first was because it wasn't old. I love taking an old space, keeping character and making it look new and clean and fresh. And I was really hesitant to have a brand new space because it feels so new and it feels so cold and like unlived in. And I also had this feeling of, like, I'm in I'm in Greenville. I'm in an area that still has a lot of, like, old family, old money, old ties to it, a lot of history that hasn't changed much. And we're in this brand-new build, and I felt like generations above me were going to be hesitant to accept Cafe Karma with open arms, not just because of the name, not just because of the concept, but the fact that it was going to be so white and so like black leather and chrome and new that they were just gonna be like ugh like i hate this new era and these like you know woke minimalists like all this stuff i just had all these imaginations of what they were gonna say and feel and i was like you know how do i i'm okay with design not being everybody's favorite there's gonna there's people that already come in they're like too much white you know they they say it to me thinking that i'm not the owner right um And that's okay. And I I know that design isn't the design isn't going to be well received by everybody. But I don't ever want that exclusion to feel like I don't belong here. I can't belong here because there's nothing that makes me feel at home here. Um, And minimalism and white and black leather can be can feel not as warm and not as homey, especially since we're in this like warehouse type of space. And So I was trying to find ways to make it more homey. And I just was like, I love history. I love learning about what this space used to be like at a ground level, like when it was just grass, like what was this space, you know? And so I started doing this deep dive and I was like, I love vintage newspapers, the way that like they smell and the way they feel. And the fact that like, we still have newspapers being printed, you know, like it's history every single day. And When you open an old newspaper, everything is different. The way people talked, the way the prices were, what people cared about, um, what was allowed to be typed and printed in a newspaper um, that wasn't frowned upon. And just there's so many nuances to it. So I started bringing this theme in there and I decided to look up like the local like museums and see what the history was in our plaza. And I begged and begged and begged for them to let me use it on our coffee cup. So, like, you got to see, like, our coffee cup has the history of Barley Mill Plaza printed on the newspaper. And then I tied in the verbiage to be, like, and then it became Cafe Karma. And, like, here's how it became this, like, local connection of everyone knows everyone in Delaware. Like, just spoke to what the space is. Um, So, yeah, I just started getting a bunch of old newspapers. And it's been really awesome to actually see older generations come in the space and that's the first thing that they connect with um and then i watch them start to like sit on fur and i watch them like sit on a low low profile leather sofa and then they love it and then they're back the next day and i'm like yes i'm like you feel at home and you're here and you're coming back so yeah
1: yeah i love that so basically you recognize the fact that um you know you had concerns around the locals being able to take to such a a new building with such a modern aesthetic Mm -hmm. and you took something that was a piece of history for them and and kind of, you know, help draw them into it. So I, I absolutely love that. Yeah. I I had some sense of that. You were going with the newspaper theme in part because of the black and white, but also Mm -hmm. because of the fact that it does kind of like draw in a little bit of history, but I didn't realize that it was so relevant to the local area. So that's amazing. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: That's really amazing. So yeah. obviously, you had to come, o- you know, overcome a lot of hurdles when it came to like permits, biz, the business, finances, all of those things. And I know that there's just like an endless amount of fires that need to be put out as part of starting a business. Um, but what were some of the self beliefs that you had to overcome to get yourself to be, you know, in a good headspace and put your- basically put yourself in a position <laughs> to be able to make the the, the hard decisions?
0: I. I think I've always been a person that leads with so much confidence to the point where sometimes my confidence is me trying to convince myself that I'm ready and I'm capable. Um, I mean, my my friends laugh at me because my senior yearbook quote was even uh, something about while bangs don't look good on everybody, confidence does. And it's funny. It's like a Lauren Conrad, the Hills quote and the funny part about it, though, is i i am I am always bleeding confidence, and when I'm not, there's something seriously wrong with me. Whether it's my sleep, um, my nutrition, my like lack of like movement, all those things factor into it. But the self beliefs, I just I had tunnel vision for one, but for two, I just made sure that nothing was coming in my ears that was doubtful or pessimistic. And I am still a full believer and um, somebody that encourages my team to lead with optimism and to always put pessimism on the back burner, no matter what that looks like. If it's somebody complaining about um, about our lids and, you know, my teammate goes, yeah, they really do suck. That is already us leading with pessimism, right? That's not leading with us with like, oh, you're right. I've never noticed that. Actually, I'm going to bubble that up and we're going to get better lids. Like, that's a great point. You know, like I've never thought of it like that. Well, you know, all those little things that we do on a day to day now, and the team is focused on now were things that are the reason why I believe that karma came to fruition. Because at 26 years old, I was talking to my business partner about, you know, thinking our budget was more than half of what it actually came to be and believed it. And I was like, no, I can keep it at this budget and I'm going to, and I'm going to make this work and we're going to be wildly successful. And here's all the reasons why I believe that I was shitting my brains out. Like I just actually, you don't actually know if things are going to be successful. If we did, everybody would start a business, you know, like there's so much risk in it and, you know, not every good idea becomes a, um, Valuable, profitable idea, and we know that on, on so many different levels. So you have to kind of, almost lie to yourself a little bit and lead without pouring confidence just to get yourself to do the thing, and so that others also buy into, what you what you dream of and what you're trying to go with. And I think that yeah, confidence was the biggest thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you have to have confidence in the vision and the Mm -hmm. belief because you hit the nail on the head. Like there is no guarantee when it comes to starting a business. I mean, you know, not for nothing. Like I think about what would have happened had I moved into a new facility one year later and we got hit with a pandemic, you know, like Mm -hmm. what if you had started this a few years earlier, you Mm -hmm. know? And like, so sometimes there are external factors that like, actually all of the time, there are external factors that we can't P- predict you know and and there's very little certainty involved so if you're not confident it's like you stand no chance in this space
0: mm-hmm. yep i mean it's a it's a brutal owning owning a business and creating something and taking risks is hard like i don't think that every single person is cut out to do that and that's okay it is hard it, it is it, it tests you in so many different ways and I think that if you don't fully believe what you want, people know, people can feel it that you don't believe in yourself or your concept or why you're here on this earth, doing what you're doing. If you don't believe in your impact, people can feel it. Um, And I struggled with that as a nutrition coach. Like I felt like because I wasn't a dietitian, because I wasn't endlessly going to have all this schooling and knowledge and I didn't know everything in the world, I didn't believe in myself. And I knew that my clients could start to feel that and that, um, it was, it was holding me back from taking that next step to being better in my business because I constantly allowed that other voice to come in more than that voice that was going out about how I believed in myself, you know?
1: Yeah. one of the commonalities I feel like I find in a lot of, of business owners and entrepreneurs is that it, the, the, the pain of the uncertainty and of the risk is, so far outweighed by the pain of the thought of putting the dream aside and doing something that they aren't giving their entire being to, knowing that they gave up, knowing that they didn't allow themselves to pursue their dreams. And I think this is what allows that confidence to really come out is the fact that you know what the other side would feel like. You know that like you could never live with yourself if you didn't pursue the dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, it's yeah. not it's not for everybody, um, but it's definitely present for people yeah. that are starting a business. It has to be. It has yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. Now, what what were some of the biggest lessons you learned along the way? Obviously, this was a new venture for you. I mean, this was um, y- you know you had gotten involved with starting online businesses before. Mm-hmm. You obviously helped ev- uh, out Max over at Thrive, but this was totally new. What were some of the lessons you picked up along the way?
0: I. I'm a firm believer in building your own resume. If you want to start a business or you are an entrepreneur, you know that you want to do something that isn't currently being offered or you don't want to work for somebody else. I believe that you have to create your own resume and that's what I spent part of my life unknowingly doing, like dropping out of nursing school and becoming a yoga instructor and going down like holistic nutrition path and working at Lululemon and learning how to like manage a team um, and doing like retail and community building within Lululemon. Like I had no idea that that was me building my resume. That was like my backup plan and a for now situation, but I made the best out of it. And I constantly approach things as how much knowledge and experience can I soak up in this moment? Even if I know that I'm going to quit in two months Um, while I'm here, how can I be present and absorb what I'm what I'm going through and what I'm doing and that's no different right now like even as we open karma I'm a beginner in so many ways and I'm allowing myself to learn like I'm I'm looking around me and I'm like okay what am I learning right now that is going to help me for second location you know what experience have I gone through during the construction process that I now know I want to take with me through the second location and I've constantly turned around. And I'm like, I want concept number two very soon because that that learning and that like soaking in this new information and um, seeing where I was weak before and knowing how much stronger I am already in some of those like weaker areas motivates me to do this even better tenfold the next time around. Um, so I think the biggest lesson is I'm constantly building my own resume constantly 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 and um and I'm also doing this to learn more all the time so I think that that's that's really it
1: yeah I want to zoom in there a little bit because one of the things you said um I feel like is really a really important point which is that while you necessarily did like now in hindsight like you can recognize the fact that you've been building these skill sets and capabilities through all of your experiences that was never necessarily the plan but what the the common denominator here was was action like you were you realized that nursing was not the direction you wanted to go and you started taking action on things that you at least found interesting Right. Mm -hmm. And you felt like we're in a better direction for you. And you didn't necessarily know exactly where you were going, but you were building that resume for yourself. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we all, to some degree or another, can kind of look back and and do this is like look at our life and go, oh, wow, like I didn't realize this skill set was going to apply so well to this thing that I am now doing. Mm -hmm. But it does. And now you're in a position where you're older, more mature. You've got your, your footing. You've started a business. And you're like okay now i can actually be a bit more strategic about the skill sets that i'm implementing into my life so that when i open you know uh location two three four whatever Mm -hmm. else you want to get into it's like now you can start being a little bit more focused around how you want to build that resume so what's what's on the 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 docket then for you what skill sets are you looking to uh to upload in the next couple years
0: i it's so funny i i think I've kind of narrowed it down, and what I what I feel really what I feel really good in, and a lot of that is team development. I I really love team development so much, and Lululemon ignited this fire in me. They do this thing called vision and goals um, within their team, and they and they meet up and they talk about your life in ten years, and you write this blurb about your vision for your life in ten years, and then you break that into 10 year, five year, one year goals. Um, and I've always, I've loved this about the company because yeah, like it's retail, um, it's retail. And you think like, like oh, they just do that to get people to like, wanna stay. And like, maybe, maybe, a, maybe part of that motive is that people are more vested in the business, um, that your team feels more connected to the business and why they're there. But I view it as like, as a manager, as an owner, I know what my team wants out of their lives. So then there's no confusion in what the direction of their life is. If I know that Susan on my team wants to become a dietitian um, in the next five years, I know that a large amount of her one to five years is gonna be school focused. It's gonna be internships. It's gonna be um, trying to balance their life so that they're not like feeling like all they do is work in school. Um, and that helps me as a manager. Like, I know this person shouldn't be working every single day of every single weekend. And also, how can I take some of my own connections within nutrition or fitness to also support them in their ultimate goal? Um, and there's like this, there's this mutual respect that goes on with that. And so I'm doing that with my own team. And it even came up in a meet, in a little like short meeting with one of my teammates yesterday is that you know, she's going to start making pastries in house for us. She was a pastry chef before she makes like, she has her own cake business on the side and she's going to start making pastries in house. And I was like, you know, like, what is your goal for yourself long-term in your life? Like, what do you see for yourself? And she was like, she was like, this is why I love working here because I'm not just working for you. And she was like, you know, she was like, I have this goal to have this like, bed and breakfast and, you know, this event space where I'm making all these things. And I was like, my concept too, is not far off from that dream. And like, I'm happy to also support you in your own endeavor. But like, if you want to find a home here and you, you know, have this dream and I can somehow also be a part of making that happen, like, I want you to know that I'm happy to also entertain that idea. Um, And we just had a really great like life conversation from it. So team development is a big part. Um, it means so much to me and I, and I definitely see myself, um, very passionate about that and wanting to get really into that over the next year and a half, two years.
1: Yeah. I mean, team development is, it's so rewarding and it's, it's rewarding because it's just, it's so real in a small business. You know, you're, you're not running a company with hundreds or thousands of employees Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, in companies of all sizes, like two of the main reasons people leave is that they either feel like, they've run into a ceiling or they're disconnected with the company, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. you have such a opportunity, but also a responsibility as a small business owner to be able to ask those deep rooted questions of like, what do you want out of life? Why are you here? Like, you know, what, how can I better serve you? And it's like, that's, that's not just how you keep employees. And we all know that retention of employees is, is, you know, that much more important than even the retention of your clients. Um, but it's like you make them serve the mission better. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you you create a better service, you create a better product, and it, it just feels like a better place to be when they see the same face every day, What you know, when someone's coming in for a cup of coffee or for a yoga class. And, oh, by the way, that person is always smiling, always happy, always there to help, right? And every person they talk to has answers that are in line with the mission, you know, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. so important. So, yeah. Important.
0: We're going to hang up their vision goal wall like the vision goal wall will live back by our big newspaper collage. It's also back by the meeting table. And it's strategically being placed back there because we're opening up that meeting table for reservations for um, anybody, really. But we're getting a lot of interest from local businesses that just have meetings that they don't want to take clients in office and they want to guarantee themselves a quote unquote like private seat while they grab like a coffee or lunch, whatever it is. And I think that in that, that free time, I like to say is, you know, when they're waiting for a client or after a client leaves and they're wrapping things up, or if they're looking for a point of conversation with clients and clients are kind of walking around the table, they now get to like, see these vision and goals. And like, if I'm the head of finance at JP Morgan, like one of these, you know, different groups at Morgan, and I see that an employee there that I see every single day that is hardworking, is here all the time, is kind, um, seems like to have like really good organizational skills. If I see them every single day there, and I just now realize that they want to be within finance, I've now just created this connection for them that goes beyond just the girl that works at the coffee shop or the guy that's making their breakfast sandwich, you know, um, and I think that that's really, that's really important in the long-term, uh, wellness of both the business and the person.
1: Well, Delaware is small and Greenville's even mm-hmm. smaller. So yeah. yeah, I'm sure that that is going to be an integral part, um, to you kind of integrating in the community a way where you, you get to see the same faces all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now you obviously took a major liking to yoga fairly early on. You mentioned dropping out of nursing school and, and, uh, you know, pursuing, Becoming a yoga teacher, but in that process, you also uh, were very heavily focused on the mindfulness and meditation piece. How have those skill sets kind of kept you grounded throughout this whole process of starting the business?
0: Uh, my mantra throughout the entire construction process when everything is out of your control and when the state is holding you up for things, literally everything is out of your control. You cannot work harder, you cannot make Things move. um, I just kept saying, I am calm. And I would repeat it over and over in hysterics. I'd be crying and I'd just be like, I am calm. I am calm. I'm calm. Um, And more recently, like around the soft open, right before the soft opening, it was, You are okay. You are okay. And I found that 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 meditation piece and the ability to self regulate. I don't, I don't know how anybody is able to do this without it. And I think that if they do it without it, there's a reason why their business isn't flourishing or people don't feel that security in their presence. You know, like my team constantly says to me, like, I feel so calm around you. I feel so, so prepared when I'm around you and I'm not calm all the time up here. Like I'm not always calm internally. I'm not always prepared I don't always have the answer, but that external energy that somebody receives from you that makes them feel capable and safe, um, I think can only be possible if you are connected to yourself and able to self-regulate. And all all those days where I was in a panic and alone and the joke, kind of the joke and the running memory that goes by is this day when I was sitting on this like splinter-covered pallet in the in my dusty box, I was calling it, um, and just crying because I was sharing a car with my husband, and I was literally alone until 7.30 p.m. I texted everybody I knew that could possibly come give me a ride. I had all this equipment dropped off, covered in pallets sitting out front of my location, no help from anybody or anything. Everybody was at work, and I just sat there, and I cried. And my property manager is calling me, yelling at me that all this stuff is sitting out there. No help. Just crying. And those horrible memories that I have and those traumatic memories that I have throughout this process, I just kept doing my five-five-seven breath. I kept coming back to putting my hand on my belly and my hand on my chest and just breathing and calming down. And I would be laughing by the end of it. You know, I'd be like, this is not that bad. Like, things... Things aren't that bad. You're okay. Things are okay. Like, like you're about to open this fucking coffee shop that everybody's going to flock to. Like it's okay. Like things aren't that bad. Um, yeah. So I mean a big tool nonetheless. And I, and I think it's only going to get more important as time goes on.
1: Yeah. And I mean like, you know, you, you mentioned something there, which is that like, you know, you were able to use these breathing techniques and other tools as a way to kind of ground yourself, but it didn't make everything go away. The problems were still going to exist, right? It didn't make everything t- you know flip to perfect, but you know you're able to kind of tune in and, and check in on yourself throughout that process. And and in that way, you know you are the calm presence that your team needs. Mm-hmm. You know because the reality is your team's not starting this business for a reason, right? They need <laughs> you to be able to be the filter for all of the crazy external inputs going on so that you know you can be the calm calm force and i think that that's a very underrated skill not just for business owners but for people in general is the ability Mm -hmm. to remain calm when everything around you is in pure chaos
0: Mm -hmm. yeah one of my uh max will tell you one of our favorite memories together as a couple throughout this process was there's not many there's not many great memories of being a couple throughout this process but one of the uh One of the memories that we kind of laugh about now is it was right before it was when we didn't know if we were going to get the space. They weren't giving me what I wanted in my lease negotiation. And if they didn't give me uh, an inch further financially, it just wasn't going to make sense to take the risk. And my investor was going to be out. And there's a lot of pressure there. And, uh, I was hysterical in the kitchen, like, I was so, I felt like my dream was coming to an end and that what was I going to do now? Was I just going to go back and like work for coffee shops? Like what the heck was I going to do? I was falling apart, but I was more so fueled by this, like out of my control defeat feeling. And I, Max just like looked at me in the kitchen, like kind of gave me this look and he didn't, I don't think he actually was giving me this look, but I perceived it that he was looking at me Like I felt bad for myself or that I was weak and I brushed off my tears. I snorted out my snot and I looked at him and I said, don't you dare look at me like I am weak, like I am not capable of doing this, like I am not ready to do this. And I'm screaming at him and I'm like, I am crying because I'm strong and because I'm I'm upset. Because I want this so fucking bad and I'll be damned if somebody takes it away from me. And he just put his hands up and he's like, I was just letting you cry. And I was just being here. Like, that's all I was doing. I didn't give you a look. That's it. And I was like, you did, you know, you gave me this look. And I was like, (laughs) I just want you to know that if you see me cry... I am not weak, and you know we laugh about it now. But I was like, man, that is that is like all encompassing of this entire thing. Especially being a woman is like we naturally show our emotions more than men do, right? And and I'm sure there were countless times in opening your gym and you know other scary risks that you took where you did want to just sit there and ball your eyes out, but your tendency as a man was to hold it in and to pent it up and to go quieter, you know, divert elsewhere, but. That feeling of a man looking at you like you can't sit here and cry about this was so fueling for me to also like become more passionate and figure things out because I was like, I'll be damned. Like I'll be damned if somebody looks at me and thinks that I'm not capable or ready to do this, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, well, trust me, I am not one to hold back (laughs) tears. So there has been there have been plenty of tears shed throughout that process. Well, and what's funny is in that, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like Mm -hmm. I, I would I would like to say that there was probably also just a momentary experience of almost like a mirrored reflection of yourself. So in other words, like him looking at you like that, there was probably a very small hint of truth of catching yourself, pitying mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's where it's like that your true <laughs> self comes above that. You're like, no, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, you probably were not, you were equally mad at yourself as much as you were mad at him in that moment yep. in recognizing that there was like a hair of that. And you're like, don't you dare let that sneak into this. Yep.
0: And it's so funny. like you know, your partners, especially your mirror, like every single person we come into contact with is a mirror. And, you know, I think ego and shame are two things that I really love to read about and um, listen to podcasts about because I'm so fascinated by how they always bubble up and tie into what you're doing in your current life and how you show up on a day-to-day basis. And that balance of like, you need a healthy amount of ego to succeed right that confidence can sometimes be perceived as having a large ego because it is and there's something that you have to deal with with like shame coming in and it's like the shame of like am i being egotistical am i you know the shame of like pushing my husband to the side during this process right and having to watch him struggle but knowing that we were on the we were on the cusp of things things not being that way so for for the long term um the ego and shame always go back and forth and there was a lot of shame going on um and it's it's important to to just kind of come back to yourself and lean into the bottom line and where you're going with everything
1: yeah, I mean, one of the things you and I have in common is that we didn't come to being business owners in a very traditional path. You know, it wasn't like we had parents that did this that handed us a bunch of money that said, mm-hmm. you know, here are the the exact steps that you need to take. You know, or take mm-hmm. over my company. You know, we went through this in a very unorthodox way. And you know, one of the interesting things about emotions throughout that process is you have you have these five, right? You have like glad, sad, mad, shame, fear, and it's like four of them are negative. Mm-hmm. So four bits mm-hmm. of the time, you know, you're either trying to better understand why that emotion is present, trying to fend it off, trying to explain it away. And then one out of five, you get to experience like, okay, I'm glad. And then it just dissipates so quickly, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I, I think it, 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 that can be a really, really difficult challenge throughout the process of starting a business is like most of your emotions around everything, even though on at surface level, and even though to everyone else outside of you, you look confident, it's like, you are like a, like with a ping pong paddle in your hand, just like negative emotion, Mm -hmm. negative emotion the whole
0: time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so true. I I don't know. I I think that you learn so much about yourself and that can either, that's going to make or break you. I mean, you, you see yourself in the most raw, true, purest form. And like you said earlier about being a small business owner and having a team, it's, it's much different. They get to be exposed to the realness and, to the day-to-day of what you're experiencing while building this. And, you know, some of my teammates in the uh, in the future, maybe even concept number two, won't get to see me in this same light. You know, they won't get to see me as messy or maybe it's sometimes looking unorganized or maybe, you know, not having all of the paperwork together and all these things. They won't get to experience that. And there's something really special about that. And there's also something that's so extra- raw about that that's hard for me to deal with you know like my employees the other night were like hey katie do you have our w-2 forms like we gotta like fill this like form out for our taxes and i was like right right taxes like that's what we gotta you know that's what we gotta, gotta pay those. to. Like, right gotta do that like where are those forms how do i get those forms you know like there's things like that that you know can bring up shame if i allow it or can eat at my ego if I allow it. But then there's also, you know, that part of you that has to come back to like, you know, how can you show up and just be transparent, be authentic, lead with that authenticity and transparency and like, just come back to connection and doing the best you can.
1: I think one of the biggest shames of all is that, and just like being super unfortunate is that when you start a business, and you know, you're doing this in an unorthodox way and you're coming from nothing. You don't have the energy resources and money to be able to document what's going on. But like what I would give, and I'm sure you feel the same way, <laughs> if there was a camera crew that could have been present through every waking mm-hmm. moment as you were starting that process, it would be just so incredibly motivating, you know, one for yourself, because in the process of starting business, two, three, four, five, you know, and up the ladder, but also for other people that are looking to start a business, um, to see kind of the raw, the rawness of the experiences that you had to go through, right. And the trials mm-hmm. and tribulations throughout this whole process. And, and, you know, you mentioned about sitting on the pallet, crying your eyes out because you have a bunch of equipment sitting out outside, having someone calling you and yelling at you. It's like, those are the moments that like, you will always remember, right. Cause they're mm-hmm. in, they're novel and they're just incredibly intense. So 10 years from now, when you look back, it's like, There's going to be plenty you'll forget, but there will absolutely be things you will be able to see with just, like, such a clear, vivid vision.
0: Yeah. And I I was getting teary-eyed listening to you because I I kept trying. Like, I kept coming back to my journal, and I kept trying. Like, I would – there's probably less than 10 pages total of journaling throughout this entire process that had anything to do with the coffee shop. And I would try my best, but I'd be falling asleep with the pen in my hand. You know, I'd be I'd be like, I don't even like know what else to write about because there's so much that I need to write about. Um and you know, I feel like I feel like I, I could write a book. And I think it's because of that you could write a book about your entire life, but nothing would actually hit the same as like somebody like a camera crew following you around because some of those moments you know like crying on the pallet. I took a selfie that day and I sent it to some of my best friends and I was like this feels ridiculous taking a selfie while I'm crying, but I never want to forget this day. I never want to like forget this moment of there being fucking no one and nothing able to save me in this moment and me struggling so hard um I never want to forget it. And I tried, people were like, document it all, document it all. And you're like, you think you can, but unless you're going to pay to hire somebody to follow you around, there's just not enough. There's not enough in you that can actually document the entire process. But
1: I totally That actually think. gave me a good idea, you know, like for the future, if, if if we were to find somebody that was like an up and coming entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. When we're sitting on, you know, decades of success and doing well. Mm-hmm and being able to gift that to somebody else
0: and say, hey,
1: I know you're starting your business. I Mm -hmm. wanna document this entire journey for you. Yeah, I love That, that. That would be so amazing. That would be amazing.
0: People would love that. I mean, it's like a home movie, you know, like I get really, I don't know if you like ever watch home videos with your parents, but like, I'm the weirdo that's always like, I want to watch home videos, like let's play home videos on Christmas, on Christmas morning. That's what I made my parents do mostly selfishly to watch how cute I was as a child, but also because I will sit there and cry because there's, there's something so it's just real. And I, I want a home video of this entire experience. And even those moments of like, just like, like, I don't know how to explain other than being like, heartbroken seeing the disconnect between my husband and i during this process right like those very real moments where you are just like just invisible people walking by each other every day just like making it work i mean i still have a whole pile of boxes to my right right now that are still existing in our home we sold our dining room table and our dining set to like make space for boxes during the process like Things that are like, yeah, that's a sacrifice. But like when you are walking around each other every day with two also very large dogs in a not so big house, like those microaggressions and tensions that build up, like all those types of memories, I wish were caught on camera because we would be that much more proud of ourselves for, you know, getting through it and being able to look back and just being like, wow. Wow. We get it yeah I mean it's, it's,
1: it's hard to even show up for yourself in the way that yeah. you in the way that you need to and you are a version of yourself when you're going through something like that that mm-hmm. is so far gone from what your partner fell in love with mm-hmm. and and was yeah. used to dealing with on a regular basis you know and it's and just like the the, the, the you know the perils and ups and downs of, of starting a business are uh, unpredictable <laughs> you as an individual are incredibly unpredictable <laughs> yeah. when it comes to to being in that state
0: yeah, it is. It's something very special. And I think that's also the part of like parenting. If it, it feels like a baby, you know, like I am my ugliest going through this, but I'm also my most beautiful and my most like vibrant. Like I'm constantly looking like I'm glowing. Even if I have a bag under my eye, you know, it's like, I'm so vibrant and glowy. Cause I'm like doing everything that I'm like, so passionate and in love with my dreams are coming to life. And I'm busting my ass and I'm everything's so amazing and I'm also like super snappy and you know I have like such a low fuse of like what will make me like set off. Um so yeah I think it's funny.
1: What was so funny was you were mentioning uh <clears throat> the home videos from the perspective of like just just loving that that documentation and like you know wanting like enjoying that experience so much and for me like i always think of my home videos as like why why would why'd you procreate like look at you <laughs> yeah. you were terrible you know and like my yeah. only hope is that i'm having a girl first so i'm like okay she'll probably be a little bit more you know her temperament will probably be a bit more like julia's and a little less like mine yeah. i hope yeah. um but yeah, it was just it was just a funny moment because I was That's thinking funny. something totally, totally different from you. Well, <laughs> let's uh let's dive into some of the you know the the details here. So um you run the coffee shop throughout the morning and through the afternoon. What time do you uh typically shut that down and make the transition into uh yoga?
0: So Monday through Friday, we're a cafe from six a.m. to four p.m. and Saturday and Sunday from eight a.m. to one p.m. Right now, we're gonna transition to two p.m. Um Yoga is only Monday through Thursday. I intentionally left the schedule open on the evenings of Friday, Saturday, Sunday for other events and workshops and pop-up classes. Um, but Monday through Thursday, our first yoga class starts at five fifteen, um, and our last one it ends at eight pm. So five fifteen to six fifteen is a slow flow class, and then six thirty to seven thirty is a yin slash restorative. And then from 7.30 to 8, we actually have a complimentary meditation that's open up to the public. Um, and we collect donations for different nonprofits of the team's choice every single month. Um, so it's an, interesting, it's an interesting transition. And we start yoga next week. Um, but right now, the time frame has been like, okay, we're practicing, like, how do we close the store? And how do we transition it into feeling like a yoga and meditation space? Within an hour, you know, like how how do we do that? How do we functionally close a kitchen, close an espresso bar, close a retail area, and a full dining area, and then transition it into a yoga and meditation studio within an hour? Um, which has been really really interesting, and we're getting better at it every single day. And I know we're going to be ready next week, but yeah, that's the transition and schedule. I
1: would love to see your SOPs (laughs) Like (laughs) for for being able to do that. I would love to see that start (laughs) to finish. I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's not, it's not common, you know, but that's, Mm -mm. that's what makes what you're doing unique is that it is uncommon, Mm -hmm. you know, and then that includes the responsibilities of the workers. I'm sure it's the Mm -hmm. first time they've ever had to do something
0: like that as well. Yeah. I, I think they, I think they're enjoying it, which is really, it's also refreshing to see like, They all were drawn to working for karma specifically because it was more of a social good than it was just working, quote unquote, just working for a coffee shop. And, you know, I was lucky to work at different coffee shops and experience the different types of employees that will come in. And I think people kind of envision and coffee shop workers as being like kind of misfitty, like people just don't know what they're doing with their life, don't know what they're what they want out of life or, you know, assume that all they care, all they want to do, quote unquote, is work in a coffee shop. Um, so I, I think it's been really interesting to see what crowd I've gotten in and as employees and team member, team members. And I've gotten really lucky that I've gotten people that that care about the fact that We are an all white space, which means our attention to cleanliness has to be tenfold than any other coffee shop. Um, And then our attention to making this a space that is calming and inviting and filled with connection is so much harder to actually perform than it seems like, you know, part of their instruction as employees is like, if you see somebody lingering around the counter that maybe looks like they want to chat or maybe looks like they have something on their mind, your role, your duty, your job is to connect with them in that moment. It's to connect with them. It's to look at them and be like, how's your day going? You know, and thank them for coming in and try and spark up conversation with them. It's not just to let them exist in this busy space and just leave. Um, it's in their role and their obligation to connect with them on a deeper level. So it's been really cool to watch them actually enjoy like, lighting and incense, lighting the candles for yoga and like moving the furniture to the back of the room to clear out that space. And it, yeah, it's been really cool. It's been really cool to watch them enjoy that extra responsibility.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I look forward to for you so much is, you know, right now you are the guide, right. And kind of the lantern for every person that's inside of that place. And, you know, they rely very heavily on you still to kind of help. P- puts them in the right direction, lead the mission, lead the vision, mm-hmm. and, you know, just basically be the guiding light in terms of the direction of the company. And, you know, you're going to get to a point where that place is run so efficiently and so well <clears throat> that you're able to kind of step foot in there <clears throat> and be the fly on the wall mm-hmm. and just observe mm-hmm. and Like, for instance, for for me, you know, hard bat now, 11 and a half years in, like, there are times I walk in, and I'm only going to be there for like an hour, maybe it's just to work Mm -hmm. out. And it's like, to my right, there's personal training going on, right? There's intros going on, there's a class going on, there's a youth class going on. And it's like, I'll go in the back, and there's a meeting going on. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, it's just so amazing to be able to watch it exist, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's its own organism and it's mm-hmm. just going through all the motions. And mm-hmm. I can't wait for that for you. Um, Cause I know even if that could exist right now, your mind would make you be involved. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, it's so exactly. hard to kind mm-hmm. of like be able to zoom out and just like mm-hmm. observe. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you do get to that point, it is so incredibly fulfilling.
0: Yeah. And even now it's like that, that like meditation and mindfulness come it it reminds me to be in the present moment as often as possible and to detach from outcomes right and to detach from the work that still needs to be done and so as often as i can when i'm in the space i try to stand there or sit on the sofa and just like look at things in awe as if it's all perfect right and envision it as like it's perfect the way it is right now and like, yeah, there's there's a hundred things that are still changing. We're redoing our shelving. We're adding another rug or two We're you know, there's all these like little things that are changing that aren't actually quote unquote perfect, but I try to view it as perfect. And it really helps me to admire the space and to continue feeling like a loving energy into the space. You know, I'm not critiquing the space on a day-to-day basis. I'm not adding to that pessimism of, you know, well, I don't, I won't love this place until, that has this, or I'm not gonna feel um, happy about the way things are going here until blank. Like your job, and I believe this as an owner and you might feel slightly differently, but my role as an owner is to always be dancing on that thin line of being in the space, working in the business on the day-to-day operations and being on the outside of like, how can I facilitate the broader vision? Um, And I think more of the work that helps the the vision be embedded into a community and, you know, what gets a community to recognize your space as one thing and not something else is more so done in the time that you're not in the space. Um, And I I think that that's that's a hard balance, like, you know, the more time that i spend behind the counter the more time that takes me away from the time off counter right and as an owner not as a manager but as an owner that that's a hard place to to find a groove in and right now i i feel like i'm doing a really good job at being kind of touch and go you know with yoga community events marketing like that's that's me and i need as much off counter time as possible to rest to make sure that i have a creative brain that's full and capable um and then to also actually take action and be able to facilitate those things without being pulled in 10 different directions but that ability to sit there and just be in awe of like this what you were saying organism just like flowing the way that you kind of imagined and maybe differently in some ways than you thought it was going to but it's still so amazing it's, it's such a special feeling to have
1: yeah well, i'm going to give you a compliment and at the same time Uh, take one away from myself, which is you have a a much better head on your shoulders going into this than I did at at 22. And, um, you know, I think the way that you spoke about the need to be involved with the business, but also to kind of pull away and be able to, to work on the business rather than just constantly in it. I mean, that's, that's what allows the brand to become the thing that's recognized and not Mm -hmm. Katie. Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. that's a really important um, distinction because you know, if, if people associate the brand with you, well, then if you're not present, the brand isn't there. And, and Mm -hmm. it's like the, you know, your ability to work on the business from the outside, looking in and be able to make the brand, the thing that people recognize is it's like, that's when it becomes special and allows Mm -hmm. you to do the things necessary to continue to work on it.
0: Mm -hmm. It's yeah. And, and I think that that's something that came from experience. I mean, with nutrition coaching, I started, you know, I was getting such demand and influx of clients that I tried to, hire other coaches. Right. And they got like no clients out of it. And I was like, what, what's going on? I thought people wanted this, like this messaging of like mindfulness and like functional nutrition. Like that's what people wanted. But I realized people wanted me and it's so hard to make a business flourish if people only want you. And you know that too, from like that's like, if only people want to take Derek's class, if people only want to personal train with Derek, that's an issue, right? Because that means it's not hard bat that people want. It's Derek. And that is really hard because it's it's a good thing for you in a lot of ways. It's like a compliment to you, to the to the owner, to the face, but it doesn't help the business in any way. And I learned my lesson through Functional Nutrition Fitness was like, I can't be the face. I can't have people want me and I can't have it be that like people are trying to figure out when I'm working to go to karma. Like your best experience shouldn't be when I'm there. Like, yeah, it should be just as good when I'm there. Like, yeah, it might be nice to see me and connect with me and whatever else. But I want you to go into karma when I'm not there for a week straight And be like i had an amazing experience every single day that i was in there and it looked exactly the same as the way that you leave it the way that you touch it and it felt like you when i was there that is the difference from going from like this is mine to this is ours you know
1: yeah well the most selfish thing you can do as a business owner is to hoard all the answers and the Mm -hmm. secrets from your employees i mean you know i think one of the biggest one of the, the fears that is common amongst business owners is what if I train my employees to be as good at me through my, uh, you know, a, array of different skill sets and they take those skills and they up and leave. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, what I always do is I try to provide a reframing, which is what if you don't train your employees and they stay? That to me is a hundredfold difference. <laughs> than if you train them and they leave. like That is inevitably gonna happen over the existence of your business. Mm -hmm. And if you have a growth mindset and a mindset of abundance, you can still be happy for those people. Now, Mm -hmm. if they do it in a screwed up way, that's a different conversation. But if it happens organically and it's something where someone genuinely comes to you and they're like, I've loved my time with you. I kinda wanna go out and do my own thing. You can be supportive of that individual because something tells me the culture that you've created is going to allow you to bring someone else in, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But the thought of not training your employees and running a subpar product purely because of the fact that like you egotistically want to hold on to all of the answers and be the best in the building, that's mm-hmm. like the most selfish thing that you can do for your business.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it does nothing for anybody to be in this like limited belief mindset and and scarcity and trying to hold on hold on to all of it to keep it sacredly yours. like you know, it's, it's really hard to let people into your vision. It's really hard to let people try to do your vision, right? Because you have to watch them get messy. You have to watch them do it wrong. A hundred thousand times you quote unquote wrong, right? It's your version of wrong and you have to watch them royally fuck up your vision in order for them to get to what your vision is. Like nobody magically can just do things the way that you are imagining them to do it and they can't read your mind and they can't on one try, get it right. Um, so it's, it's really hard to do and, but it's, it's so worth it.
1: Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's through those experiences for, for your employees that, mm-hmm. you know, you're able to teach them the, the lessons and also you're going to learn things along the way yourself. Like sometimes people, people come in with great ideas and some mm-hmm. people sometimes things are done in a certain way that are different from what you originally had intended. And you're like, Oh, wow, I actually kind of like that. So yeah, It's, uh, yeah. I mean, speaking back to the, you know, the, this kind of like, um, the, uh, like organism that we, we spoke of, it's like that it, it takes time. It evolves, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and what cafe karma will be in five years. Like, I think people oftentimes overestimate what they, you know, can do or change in a year and completely underestimate what they can do in five or 10. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you really have no idea where you're going to be in five years. (laughs) So no. Don't get too strict and regimented about every little thing in the business because it is going to be something that would almost be unrecognizable in a Mm five-year time
0: span. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, you, you, like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast was like, you think the location that you wanted, or you think that you wanted this at a certain time, like you, you thought all these things you thought that you wanted your, I'm sure that your original business plan looks nothing like what do, you what don't even want to
1: know right I like, was writing I, my my business plan while I was still in college like right yeah it, right it was it's, it's completely
0: different in the way that you thought your life would look you know I thought that I wanted six kids and I and I thought that I was just gonna like I don't, I don't know what I thought right and I think that's the part is that like I constantly say that I'm like I don't know what I thought because I don't like every single day my thought changes and you're constantly maturing with experience every single day. And I'm like, I can't wait for 30. Like I can't wait for 40. Cause like the things that I learn on a micro level every single day, I feel like I'm like aging beautifully because of how much I'm experiencing. You know, like it makes me so excited to see who I am at 40 and what karma is going to look like by then. And what the hell I'm even doing. Maybe I sold the business at that point. I don't know. Um, But those things are really exciting and it's just awesome.
1: Absolutely. Well, hey, uh, I 1000% love everything that you're doing. I'm super proud of you. And Thank from you. the outside looking in, it's been really special. I mean, I'm always on board to the umpth degree when I'm, so, you know, cheering from the sidelines, watching another business owner create something that's unique and special to them. Um, so it's been nothing I short of amazing watching it. you create everything over there at Cafe Karma. we're back online
0: back online you said I'm super proud of you so back
1: yeah so i was just saying I, I i'm super proud of you and you know watching you from the outside looking in it's just so amazing watching someone be able to take a, a dream and a vision and, and create it into something that is special and unique um and you should be proud of yourself because it is it takes a lot of hard work and you you know as you said in the beginning of the podcast not everyone has thick enough skin to be able to, to, to deal with it. So, um, be proud of the space, be proud of the vision, be proud of the business. And you've got a lot of amazing things coming your way.
0: Thanks, Derek. It was so nice chat about it. And, uh, I can't wait to see you guys in karma in five years. And we can also laugh about this podcast at that time.
1: (laughs) Oh, you know it. Well, Hey, tell the audience (laughs) a little bit more about, uh, where they can find out about you and where they can find cafe karma.
0: If you guys want snippets into my occasional life and I finally have time to journal about it, um, you can find me at Katie Cutler on Instagram, K-A-T-I-E-K-U-T-L-E-R, and you can find Cafe Karma on Instagram, Facebook, website, everything at K-A-F-F-E dot K-A-R-M-A on Instagram and it's CafeKarma.com.
1: Awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much. Thank you
0: guys. Have a great day.
1: If you feel like the gym is one big confusing and intimidating playground, a personalized coach from hard bat athletics can work with you remotely to help match your goals to an actionable plan. You'll get workout videos and descriptions and have access to coaching calls to make adjustments when you need them. Let us take the guesswork out of your fitness and nutrition. Visit www.hardbatathletics.com to chat with a coach today.